Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You all possess the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ that was bought with his own precious blood. There is nothing more valuable in your possession right now than that word that Jesus has come to save you. Its gifts are lasting into eternity. And they are the very thing which you hope for even now. And that's what our focus is tonight. On what you have right now. Before God, you are the justified ones. You are the elect. Those whom he has prepared a place for in advance You are the ones that he is protecting for the sake of Jesus. You have right now the Lord's mercy. Not just a little bit, but all of it. You have been given a precious treasure. You hold on to it. You hold it fast. Protect it. And let it be the driving force in your life. Jude wrote these words. He said, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. You know, it is in our world, in our modern age here, that we find uh, that there are not those willing to contend for the faith. They're more like what you find later on in that letter from Jude. That short letter, but very, very enforceful. We find that more and more teachers are following their own passions. That people are gathering, like the church should gather, but around those who are willing to preach what their itching ears want to hear. But there are others who are gathering, and they don't even know they're being led astray. They don't even know what the true gospel is because they have been deceived. They have been led astray by the servants to the devil. Jude writes to say that he is appealing to them to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. What you have before you in the Holy Bible is the gospel that God wishes for you to have. There is nothing more to add to it. There is nothing more that you could possibly want to have. And in fact, you could study the Bible for the rest of your life, and I guarantee you up to the day that you die, you would still have something more to learn. God has filled these pages, soaked these pages, not only in the blood of Christ, but in his divine mercy and grace. I guess you could say that's equivalent to the blood of Christ. But that's what's so beautiful about the Bible. 
you have all that God wishes for you to know. The one common salvation, the one thing that binds us all together in unity is this blessed treasure that Christ in his incarnation, his taking on of human flesh, he was born under the law to redeem us who are under the law. You will never have a more fuller revelation of the gospel than to preach and teach those things, to proclaim them to the world. That Jesus has died for all sin. That he has risen from the dead, which means if you've been coming to Bible class, that God has, what? Accepted such an offering of the blood of Christ. His resurrection is the proclamation that we are justified before him. There is life for everyone who believes in the Son and in the one whom the, who has sent the Son, God the Father. So we go on. We must and we are called to contend for the faith. To fight for what is true. We cannot be Christians who are apathetic, who are lazy. Not in today's world. Maybe you might have gotten away with it as Christians in the past. When everybody knew the stories of the Bible. And for the most part they had some general acknowledgement of Christian morality. But that's not the case right now. That's not the world that we're living in. Contend for the faith. Call a sin a sin. Be mindful that not all who come in the name of Christ are his messengers. There will arise from among you those who will lead you astray. Jesus said, many will come in my name saying, I am he. They will claim to be of God, for God. To be his mouthpiece and his ambassador to the world. But they will be far, far from him. But they're not the ones who come in necessarily with a big show and a big Pomp and circumstance. No, they are the ones that Jude said, certain people have crept in unnoticed. Means if you let your guard down for a moment, these who are the people that have crept in could be seeking to deceive you. They're ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. It was a while ago that I wrote a piece which said that if the world is praising what you're doing, it's not the gospel. The world is not going to praise the gospel. It, it just can't. If you find that your church is being uh, magnified within the world... It's most likely, what? Not because you're preaching the gospel. It's because of something that you're doing, which they could get behind. Acts of kindness, right? Tolerance, 
Love, that's what the world praises, but they don't know what love is. They don't think that love is calling sin, sin. They think that love is tolerating differences. But Jude said there was the faith that was given once for all the saints. Not many faiths for different saints, but one faith for all the saints. We cannot tolerate differences in the truth because it is not our truth. It is God's truth. It goes far above whether you believe it or not. It remains constant. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The word of God is unchanging. Not only do you possess the very grace of God in the Bible, but you also possess all that God wishes for you to know in this world. It's not been given for you to know the time or the day or the hour, but it has been given for you to know all to be mindful of. Jesus calls you to stay awake. Be on guard. Know your Bible so that you can test every spirit that comes into your midst. That you can be mindful of every article that you read on the internet. That you can be mindful of every radio preacher or TV preacher that you hear. That you can be mindful and ready to distinguish that which is true or false even from this very pulpit. God has prepared you with his word which has no errors. It's inerrant. It's infallible. It is the one truth. What does God say happens when these people come into the church? He says this is what happens. It is these people who cause divisions. Worldly people devoid of the Spirit. They may come in the name of Christ, but they do not have the Holy Spirit with them. They do not preach the same faith that you have heard, that you have studied, that you know. So what is our defense? How do we contend for the faith? Jude says this, he says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. We are to build one another up in the same faith. We are to care for one another. God says to bear one another's burdens. We are to be there for one another. And how can we do that if we choose to be apart? We gather together to sing praises together. This is one of the things I tell people at funerals. Even if you don't know the person who has died, come to the funeral. Because sometimes the family cannot lift their voices up in song because they are too burdened with grief and sadness, but they hear your voice. They may never have known you. They may have never had a conversation with you. But you are there praying the hymns. You're praying for them. And you strengthen them. 
Because when you sing out those hymns, you are speaking the very words of God. That's what those hymns are. They're summaries of the Bible to strengthen us, to build us up. Pray in the Holy Spirit. When you are thinking about your prayers, you're meditating on what you might say this Advent season in your prayers, take these readings that you have before you and let them inform your prayers. Just as you will see in these hymns that we sing tonight, we pray that those who are blasphemers be ended, that God put a stop to it because of the damage that it does to the church. We pray that those who are lost or in error be converted. We pray for our own forgiveness, for our own building up by the power of the Holy Spirit through the world. In fact, that's who Jude says is the one who keeps you from stumbling. It's not you yourself. It's the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit is not within you, you do not fight against the passions of the flesh. But when he, the Holy Spirit, resides in you, a gift of God given to you in holy baptism, he fights against your flesh so that you can overcome, as Luther says, and win the victory. You have the victory in Christ, who is the one that has forgiven your sins. But you have the strength to withstand the fiery darts of the evil one when you take up the shield of faith. When you have the Holy Spirit fighting for you. Reside in the prayers of the church Reside in the word of God and let them, those words, be what inform your prayers. Because there is nothing good that comes from those who are devoid of the Spirit, emptied of the word of God. In fact, we hear about those people. They're called shepherds feeding themselves. They're like the wolves that are stalking around the church, waiting for the sheep to devour. They're like waterless clouds swept along by the winds. It is God who says in Isaiah that his word comes down like the waters falling from the clouds that water the earth and cause the plants to grow up. His word comes down and it does not return to him void, but accomplishes that which he purposes. But those who are enemies of God, who are blasphemers, scoffers in these end times, they are like waterless clouds. They do nothing for the church. They do nothing to build us up in the faith. We must be mindful of them. They're like fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, once as their leaves die and then again as they're uprooted. They destroy, they decay, they eat away at those things which are good. They are like the wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. So we must pray in the Holy Spirit the one who keeps us from stumbling, the one who is going to bring us 
Christ to the Father, presenting us blameless before him in the presence of his glory with great joy. And finally, with all of these things in mind, there's one special thing that we must remember. Even though we have the treasure of the gospel and grace of mercy of God, though we are fighters for the faith, contenders for the faith, and the Lord loves that, we must be mindful of what we do, what we say, how we love. The Lord tells St. John to write to the church in Ephesus. He says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write these words, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. See how the Lord praises those who patiently endure to the end, who remove those things which are wicked from their midst. You are doing that. But he goes on to say these words. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Remember the love you had at first. Do not forget love. We can keep doctrine right and holy and healthy here in this church. But if we do not love, if we do not care for those who are out there, if we do not think that the gospel needs to leave these walls, what do we have? We must be mindful of those who have been led astray. Jude says this, <clears throat> he says, Beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And then listen. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. And then to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. The first two, he says, have mercy on those who doubt. Have mercy on those who doubt. And pull from the fire. Pull from the fire those who need saved. We as the church, as Christians, filled with this treasure of the Holy Gospel, fighters and defenders of the faith, must still recognize that there are people who need salvation, a true salvation that comes from the pure Gospel. 
Even though they're being led astray by false teachers, that many from their midst have have made them to doubt religion, doubt the faith, doubt the words of God, they are still the ones for whom Christ has shed his holy blood for. They are still in need of our prayers, of our kindness, of our love. We are called to love them. And though we are patiently enduring until the end, bearing the name of Christ and, quite frankly, being persecuted for it. Still, we must not forget the love that we had at first. Remember the first time that you learned of how wonderful the gospel was, how great it was to know that all your sins were washed away, How great it was to know that when you arrived on the judgment day at the last that we'll be talking about last week or next week, that at that last day, you don't have to fear. But you'll be able to lift your head up. You'll receive Christ with great joy, not with fear and trembling. Remember the love that you had at first because of the love that you knew you had received from God. And then go and love. Walk in the works that God has prepared for you. And abide in the peace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.